Good afternoon and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me uh, for the next instalment of Five Go Off to Camp. Oh my goodness me. So, yesterday Anne found a volcano. Oh my goodness me. How scary. Um, but she's not telling anybody because she doesn't want to be embarrassed. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, so, hmm, what's going to happen today <laughs> in Chapter 4? Well, chapter 4 is called Spook Trains. Ooh. There you go. So let's find out what spook trains are all about. So chapter four. The boys and George were full of talk about the farm. It's a nice little place, said Julian, sitting down while Anne began to cook breakfast for Mr Luffy. Pretty farmhouse, nice little dairy, well-kept sheds and even a grand piano in the drawing room. Gracious! You wouldn't think they'd make enough money to buy a thing like that, would you? said Anne, turning over the bacon in the pan. The farmer's got a fine car, went on Julian. Brand new. Must have cost him a pretty penny. His boy showed, showed it to us, and he showed us some jolly good new farm machinery too. Very interesting, said Mr Luffy. I wonder how they make their money farming that bit of land. The last people were hard-working folk, but they certainly couldn't have afforded a new car or a grand piano. <gasps> and you should see the lorries they've got, said Dick. Beauties, old army ones, I should think. The boy said his father's going to use them for carting things from the farm to the market. What things? said Mr Luffy, looking across at the little farmhouse. I shouldn't have thought they'd need an army of lorries for that. An old farm wagon would carry all their produce. Well, that's what he told us, said Dick. Everything certainly looks very prosperous, I must say. He must be a jolly good farmer. We got eggs and butter and fruit and even some bacon, said George. The boy's mother didn't seem worried about how much we had and she hardly charged us anything. We didn't see the farmer. Mr Luffy was now eating his breakfast. He was certainly very hungry. He brushed away the flies that hung around his head and when one settled on his right ear, he waggled it violently. The fly flew off in surprise. Oh, do that again, begged Anne. How do you do it? Do you think if I practised hard for weeks, I could make my ear move? No, I don't think so, said Mr Luffy, finishing his breakfast. Well, I've got some writing to do now. What are you going to do? Go for a walk? We might as well take a picnic lunch and go off somewhere, said Julian. How about it? Yes, said Dick. Can you pack us dinner and tea, Anne? We'll help. What about hard-boiled eggs? It wasn't long before they had a picnic meal packed in greaseproof paper. You won't get lost, will you, said Mr Luffy. Oh no, sir, said Julian with a laugh. <laughs> I've got a compass anyway and a 
jolly good bump of locality too. I usually know the way to go. We'll see you this evening when we get back. You won't get lost, Mr Luffy, will you? asked Anne, looking worried. Don't be cheeky, Anne, said Dick, rather horrified at Anne's question. But she really meant it. Mr Luffy was so absent-minded that she could quite well picture him wandering off and not being able to find his way back. He smiled at her. No, he said. I know my way about here all right. I know every stream and path and a volcano and giggled. <laughs> the others stared at Mr Luffy, wondering what in the world he meant. But neither he nor Anne told them. They said goodbye and set off. Oh, it's heavenly walking today, said Anne. Shall we follow a path if we find one or not? Oh, might as well, said Julian. It'll be a bit tiring scrambling through Heather all the day. So when they did unexpectedly come across a path, they followed it. It's just a shepherd's path, I expect, said Dick. I bet it's a lonely job looking after sheep up on these desolate, heathery hills. They went on for some way, enjoying the stretches of bright heather, the lizards that darted quickly away from their feet, and the host of butterflies of all kinds that hovered and fluttered. Anne loved the little blue ones best and made up her mind to ask Mr Luffy what all their names were. They had their lunch on a hilltop, overlooking a vast stretch of heather, with grey-white blobs in it here and there, the sheep that wandered everywhere. And in the very middle of the meal, Anne heard the same rumbling she had heard before, and then, not far off, out spouted some white smoke from the ground. George went quite pale, Timmy leapt to his feet, growling and barking his tail down. The boys roared with laughter. It's all right, Anne and George. It's only the trains underground here. We knew they'd run under the moors and we thought we'd see what you did when you first heard them rumbling and saw the smoke. I'm not a bit frightened, said Anne. And the boys looked at her, astonished. It was the it was George who was the scared one. Usually it was quite the other way around. George got back her colour and laughed. She called Timmy. It's all right, Tim, come here. You know what trains are, don't you? The children discussed the trains. It really did seem strange to think of trains in those hollowed out tunnels down below the moors, the people in them reading their newspapers and talking, down in tunnels where the sun never shone at all. Come on, said Julian at last, let's go on. We'll walk to the top of the next slope and then I think we ought to turn back. They found a little path that Julian said must be a rabbit path because it was so narrow and set off, chattering and laughing. They climbed through the heather to the top of the next slope and at the top they got quite a surprise. 
Down in the valley below was a silent and deserted stretch of railway lines. They appeared out of the black hole of a tunnel mouth, ran for about half a mile, and then ended in what seemed to be a kind of railway yard. Look at that, said Julian, old derelict lines. Not used any more, I should think. I suppose that tunnel's out of date too. Let's go down and have a squint, said Dick. Come on, we've got plenty of time and we can easily go back a shorter way. They set off down the hill to the lines. They arrived some way from the tunnel mouth and followed the lines to the deserted railway yard. Seemed to be nobody about at all. Look, said Dick, there are some old wagons on that set of lines over there. They look as if they haven't been used for a hundred years. Let's give them a shove and set them going. Oh, no, said Anne, afraid. The two boys and George, who had always longed to play about with real railway trucks, ran over to where three or four stood on the lines. Dick and Julian shoved hard at one. It moved. It ran a little way and crashed into the buffers of another. It made a terrific noise in the silent yard. A door flew open in a tiny hut at the side of the yard and a terrifying figure came out. It was a one-legged man with a wooden peg for his other leg, two great arms that might quite well belong to a gorilla, and a face as red as a tomato, except where grey whiskers grew. He opened his mouth, and the children expected a loud and angry yell. Instead, out came a husky, hoarse whisper. What you doing? Ain't it bad enough to hear spook trains a-running at night without hearing them in the daytime too? The four children stared at him. They thought he must be quite mad. He came nearer to them and his wooden leg tip-tapped oddly. He swung his great arms loosely. He peered at the children as if he could hardly see them. I've broken me glasses, he said. And to their astonishment and dismay, two tears ran down his cheeks. Poor old wooden leg Sam. He's broken his glasses. Nobody cares about wooden leg Sam now. Nobody at all didn't seem anything to say to all this. Anne felt sorry for the funny old man, but she still kept well behind Julian. Sam peered at them again. Ain't you got tongues in your heads? Am I seeing things again or are you there? Um, we're here and we're real, said Julian. We just happened to see this old railway yard and came down just to have a look at it. Who are you? I told you, I'm Wooden Leg Sam, said the old man impatiently. The watchman, see? Though what there is to watch here beats me. Do they think I'm going to watch for these spook trains? Well, I'm not. Not me, Sam Wooden Leg. 
I've seen many strange things in my life, yes, and been scared by them too. And I'm not watching for any more spook trains. The children listened curiously. What spook trains? asked Julian. Wooden Leg Sam came closer. He looked all around as if he thought there might be someone listening and then spoke in a hoarser whisper than usual. Spook trains, I tell you. Trains that come out of that tunnel at night all by themselves and go back all by themselves. Nobody in them. One night they'll come for old Sam Woodenleg, but see, I'm smart, I am. I lock myself into my hut and get under the bed and I blow my candle out so those spook trains don't know I'm there. Anne shivered. She pulled at Julian's hand. Julian, let's go. I don't like it. It sounds all peculiar and horrid. What does he mean? The old man suddenly seemed to change his mood. He picked up a large cinder and threw it at Dick, hitting him on the head. You clear out. I'm watchman here. And what did they tell me? They told me to chase away anyone that came. Clear out, I tell you. In terror, Anne fled away. Timmy growled and would have leapt at the strange old watchman, but George had her hand on his collar. Dick rubbed his head where the cinder had hit him. We're going, he said, soothingly to Sam. It was plain that the old fellow was a bit funny in the head. We didn't mean to trespass. You look after your spook trains. We won't interfere with you. The boys and George turned away and caught up with Anne. What did he mean? she asked, scared. What are spook trains? Trains that aren't real? Does he really see them at night? Oh, he just imagines them, said Ju Julian. I expect being there all alone in that deserted old railway yard has made him think strange things. Don't worry, Anne. There are no such things as spook trains. But he spoke as if there were, said Anne. He really did. I'd hate to see a spook train. Wouldn't you, do? No, I'd love to see one, said Julian. And he turned to Dick. Wouldn't you, Dick? Shall we come one night and watch just to see? <laughs> Poor old Anne. Oh, honestly. Well, that was chapter four. What do you think about spook trains? They sound a bit weird, don't they? Hmm. Not sure I'd like to see a spook train. I think I might be with Anne on this one. So, um, let's see what happens. Tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, they will be looking out for spook trains. Well, let's find out tomorrow, shall we, when we read chapter five. So don't forget to join me. OK, so um, that was chapter four. Have a great day. Make sure that you take care and stay safe. And make sure you join me again tomorrow. <laughs>
<laughs> and we might find out what spook trains are. Anyway, I will see you all again tomorrow. So until then, bye for now.